So, I just this very moment got a text message from past guest and friend of the show, Dave Webster. And it's a screenshot. I might use it as the thumbnail of this uh, episode. It's a screenshot from Spotify. And it says, quote, Thanks for being one of the first listeners to rate this show. Once enough people have given feedback, we'll display the average rating. So, Spotify, it would appear, have essentially started giving the listeners of music and podcasts and whatever else the option to rate a show. So, I never plug this show in any way, shape or form. I don't pay for advertising. It's it's purely word of mouth. And that's the way I intend to keep it. I don't want to get bogged down into what I did before, which was trying to promote the whole thing and putting effort into the phone number and getting people to contact me. And you might have noticed I haven't asked for feedback and, and all that jazz. I'm just doing it and getting the fuck on with it. But as I said, past guest in front of the show, Dave Webster sent me this on. I was like, Asher, look, fuck it. It'll do no harm to get people who do enjoy what I do to hit a fucking star rating or give a review or a thumbs up or whatever it is, whether it's on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Acast or any of the podcast apps, any kind of a review or a rating, all that kind of stuff helps. So there's a little bit past halfway through the whole eighth season thing for you to do, you cunts. But moving away from that, I'm moving towards what I've been thinking about, which is obsolescence. Now, according to the internet, quote, the process of becoming obsolete or outdated and no longer used. That's the the internet's definition of obsolescence. But I want to talk about it in terms of what the internet essentially has made obsolete. So one thing that it hasn't completely gotten rid of, but for the most part it has, is taxi ranks. These days with Uber or in Ireland, my taxi you have an app on your phone, you hit collect me now to fuck and a little icon comes up on Google Maps where the fucking taxi is. You can actually see it inching closer to your house. It'll give you an estimated time of arrival. You can pick your fucking car. You can pick your driver. It'll tell you an estimated time to get to your destination and all the rest of it. And it's far, far superior than having to walk to a fucking taxi rank somewhere and start talking to somebody. Now, that wasn't there before the internet, obviously. Apps are internet-based. So, without the internet, you needed to ring a call centre, essentially. you get put through to somebody who was manning that phone. That person would have to be in constant contact with all the drivers to know where they were and all the rest of it. But the internet has solved that problem for the most part with my taxi and Uber, etc. And that's just one example of a whole host of things that have either been completely made obsolete or will be eventually legal work a lot of legal a lot of solicitors or lawyers as the yanks call them are in far less demand these days than they used to and the reason for that is because people can just fill out these forms online they don't have to go to some legal eagle to get the form in the first place they can just download the pdf or increasingly so they can just fill it out online but what has me thinking about this was Past guest in front of the show, mentioned him for the second time here, Dave Webster, was at a science museum up the north recently in Belfast. And the name of it escaped me, so bear with us two secs. And I'm back in the room. The W5, it seems to be called. Strange name for a, a science museum, it sounds more like a motorway. 
But anyway, Dave was telling me that this place is absolutely class. He said that I'd absolutely fucking love it. And it's basically just an interactive museum. He was saying that there's a part, one tiny part of it, where there's loads of different pipes of different widths and different lengths. And they give you a complimentary stick and you bang the pipes and you can hear the difference in sound depending on the width and length of the pipe, etc. And that's just one tiny little example of how it's an interactive place, an interactive science museum, place for big kids like myself or kids like my eight-year-old I'm sure he'd love it so I'm really looking forward to getting up and seeing it but enough about the W5 museum in Belfast and more about one of the things specifically that he saw there and it was a recording that you could play and what the recording was of was what it sounds like through a, a stethoscope when you have either bronchitis or when you have some other kind of chest infection or when you have asthma, for example. Because for the most part, I'd imagine there's maybe there's probably a thousand things that can go wrong with your lungs. There's probably a million things that can go wrong with your lungs. But I would imagine out of those million things that could go wrong with your lungs, 99.999% of them are the big five. You know, it's asthma or some sort of viral infection or some sort of chest infection generally. That the, the doctor puts the stethoscope on your chest or on your back or both We've all had that experience. If we haven't had it ourselves personally, we've seen it in popular culture on the TV. The doctor whips on the stethoscope and he listens to your chest and he listens to your back. He'll also do it for your heart. He listens to your heart. But I never stop to think, what is he listening for? Because there's only a limited amount of noises that your chest can make or that your heart can make. And even if there's a thousand different things different noises that your chest or heart can make. Doctors aren't going to know them all off by heart. They're going to know the big five or the big ten. I know bubbling, a bubbling sound is a sign of, I think it's bronchitis, don't quote me on that, but you get the sentiment. Different sounds point to there being different problems. And that's what a doctor's job has been historically. It's to diagnose you. It's to look at the symptoms and it's to pool them together with their seven years medical training and all the rest of it and to say, yeah, I know by the sound that's coming from your chest that you need an antibiotic. I know by the sound that's coming from your chest that you need to get a fucking uh, ECG or blood tests or a chest x-ray or whatever it is. But it's funny though because with legal things, just get them to fill out the phone online, there's, there's no problem. With taxis, just create an app for it, there's no problem. But when it comes to medicine, medicine is one of those, it's one of those last places whereby you still need to go and see the anointed one. The, the person literally in the white coat and the stethoscope. The authority figure. Because looking after your own health is fucking dodgy as fuck these days. But why? I mean, if I can buy a stethoscope that's every bit as good as the ones the doctor use, and probably a bit fucking better the way our medical uh, institutions are funded these days, if I can buy a better stethoscope than a doctor, and I can play the recordings of the different types of sounds that I'm looking for on fucking YouTube or on my health checker app or whatever the hell have you... What's the point in going to a doctor and paying 55 quid and going to a, a location where all the other sick people go? I mean, talk about a mass spreading events. Like, surely doctor surgeries have been the cause of more transmitted viruses than any other building you could think of. 
I've an idea. Let's get all the really sick people into the same place so they can spread their fucking ailments between each other. Madness when you think about it. Another, I was in the doctors myself there recently because I'm having uh, chest problems. Whenever I exercise, I'm becoming incredibly short of breath and it gets a bit fucking scary, to be honest with you. So I went into the doctor only yesterday and she whipped out the stethoscope and had a listen and told me that I needed a, an ECG and bloods and a chest x-ray and whatever else. And I said, right, fair enough. And another couple of things that she tested was my blood pressure which you can buy a blood pressure testing thing online. Again, probably better than the one that she had. And another thing was, she put my uh, index finger into like a small little digital mouse trap type thing. And it told her the percentage of oxygen in my blood. Amazing stuff. Like, fucking technology is incredible. But she was able to tell me within seconds of clipping this thing onto the top of my finger, that the blood oxygen levels in my body were 99%. So she said, we can rule that out. There's no issue there. Everything's perfect. But again, I could buy one of those things as good, if not better than the one she had. And I could have had listened to my chest. I could have tested my heart rate and I could have tested my blood oxygen levels. And it just got me thinking, like, when are we going to have this kind of stuff at home? Now, there's a danger in, uh, in this, obviously. You don't, want to be, you don't want to be getting too far ahead of yourself and thinking you're grand when you've got a fucking tumour or cancer or something else equally as horrible. But, I mean, what percentage of the time when you go to the doctor, is it anything like that? Like, for the most part... You just need a course of antibiotics or you need rest or whatever it is. But we seem to have just completely given up on diagnosing ourselves and essentially looking after ourselves medically. Physically, it's fine. Nobody needs to go to a personal trainer really to get a training plan done. Don't get me wrong, there are benefits of doing that, especially if you're completely clueless. And maybe if you're completely clueless, that's exactly what you need to do and should do. But if you've been active like most of us have been and you've played a bit of football or hurling or soccer or tennis or whatever the fuck it is, you're out running, you don't really need a professional to advise you. And even if you were completely clueless, there's any amount of YouTube videos or things that you could look up online, training plans for people exactly like you, people who are in the exact same circumstances as you. Multiple choice things. Are you fit? Yes, no. Do you run? Yes, no. Do you smoke? Yes, no. Are you obese? Yes, no. Are you spilling out of your fucking trousers? Yes, no. You narrow it all down and some algorithm will spit out a relatively good training program for you. Now, it won't get you to the fucking Olympics or anything, but it'll get you out and about and healthy and fit and all the rest of it. And that's all most people want for the most part. Diet is the exact same. Like, for the most part, you can just Google what you should and shouldn't be eating. You don't need to go to a dietitian to sort out your diet. Because these are areas, exercise and nutrition, these are areas whereby it's deemed generally by society, culturally, that you can kind of look after yourself. To use your, your car as another analogy, you don't need to go to the mechanic every time there's low pressure in your tyres. You just pull into a garage and chuck in whatever it is, 32 PSI or whatever the metric is or for whatever you're driving and rob it's your father's butter. It's no big deal. And some people will go a step further and they'll do mad things like change the oil, which is literally as difficult as unscrewing something, letting all the oil drain out into a tray and then screwing it back in and topping up the oil. But for the most part, people will throw a mechanic 150 quid. But you don't go to the mechanic to top up your windscreen wiper. 
And I think there's something to that. I think we still go to the doctor for the equivalent of checking our tyre pressure and topping up the windscreen washer fluid bottle or container or whatever you want to call it. And don't get me wrong, I'm not for a second saying that we should just just dispense with the whole medical profession, the whole industry. Ah, fuck it, sure, you'll be grand, look after yourself. I don't mean that in the least. No more than I'm saying, I'm not, I'm not recommending that garages around the country should be forcibly closed because people can look after their own automobiles. I don't mean that in the least. But the thing about it is, if you're checking the tyre pressure on your car, on your car tyres, and if you're making sure the windscreen wipers are topped up and there's enough diesel in it and, and it's taxed and insured and all the rest of it, there's certain things that we can kind of look after ourselves. And that puts the onus on you. Like if your mechanic had to check your, your window for your tax NCT and insurance and all the rest of it, it'd only be a matter of a year or two before you rocked up to a checkpoint and one of them was out. But because the onus is on you, you ensure that it's never out. But we don't seem to have the same approach with our health. We kind of, we potter along and we eat whatever we eat and we do whatever exercises or not exercises and we smoke and we drink and we do, we don't get enough sleep and all the rest of it. And if anything ever goes wrong, ah, sure, we'll just go to the doctor. And the doctor will fucking fix a silver bullet. Bang, bang. But surely we're approaching at least a point in our society whereby we take a bit more, a bit more fucking responsibility in relation to our own health, I suppose. Because it's not rocket science, for the most part. Like, you know, blood pressure, oxygen in your blood, heart rate, you know, little things like that go a long way. Like, there's there's certain things that we kind of know intuitively, like, blood in your shit is not a good sign. Feeling lightheaded is, you know, regularly for no reason is not a good sign. Being out of breath after a run, when you're used to running ten times the distance at twice the pace, you know, not great. And again, I'm not saying that all the hospitals and all the GP clinics in the country should be shut down. But I just think there's something to the idea that we should take more take more responsibility. So that, that's basically it. More responsibility in relation to our health. Especially these days. Whereby you can buy antibiotics online. You can buy all the bits and pieces. All the equipment. And you can monitor these things yourself. And far from... At making doctors obsolete, what it would do, it was it would be to free up their time. So instead of you, like I did yesterday, walking in and going, how are you, doc? And explaining the whole fucking thing for them and having them test all these different things, I should be ringing them up or emailing them up saying, listen, this is my blood oxygen level. This is the sound. You could send them a recording of your fucking, of your stethoscope, which would only aid in... If you did need to visit them, them having a heads up on what's wrong with you so they can actually spend more time discussing possible antidotes to whatever it is that's causing you an ailment. Or maybe they just wouldn't bother seeing you at all because there was no reason for me to have to call in and see that doctor yesterday. I left there with a prescription for, uh, what do you call it, an inhaler. And she said she'd book an appointment with me in the hospital for an ECG, a chest scan and blood work. But all of that could have been done over the phone. I wouldn't have had to drive into town. I wouldn't have had to waste half the day. I wouldn't have had to clog up her waiting room. And I wouldn't have had to waste at least as much of her time. And all of this from an off the lead perspective just seems pretty fucking standard. But I think it really runs contrary to the general consensus, to the zeitgeist, 
which essentially states that when there's something wrong with you, you go and see the doctor. They're the professional. They know best. But do they fuck? Like they, they do seven years of medical training and then boom, they're landed in whatever hospital or whatever GP clinic they're in and their level of knowledge and expertise in a lot of respects declines with time instead of increasing. And even if it didn't, as far as I'm concerned, their time is far better off spent dealing with people that they can help more so than, you know, going through the the jigs and the reels of taking endlessly taking people's blood pressure and endlessly listening to their chest and, and all the rest of it. So that's my two cents on obsolescence. Don't forget, as a dig out for me, if you want to give me a like or a share or a comment on Spotify or wherever you're listening, that stuff will be much obliged. And on that note, I'll chat to you tomorrow.